Greetings and welcome to another episode of From John to Justin, where I started out looking at every Prime Minister in Canadian history, and we're right in the middle of every opposition leader who never became Prime Minister, but we took a break from that, because an election was called. So right now I'm doing 36 election episodes in a row, to coincide with our 36 day election period. If you want to support the podcast, you can, for as little as $3 a month. Just go to patreon.com slash CanadaEHX. You can also donate to the podcast by going to CanadaEHX.com and clicking donate. Don't forget, I have three other podcasts out there. Canadian History X, which releases every Wednesday and Saturday. Canada's Great War, which releases every single Sunday. And Coast to Coast, which releases every single Thursday. I do all of these full-time. The writing, the research, everything. I do it every day, all day. And it's a lot of work. So, any dollars you give help keep it all going, and I'll make sure to thank you on the air and throughout my social media. If you like, you can email me at craig at canadaehx.com. You can find me on Twitter. My handle is Craig Baird, C-R-A-I-G-B-A-I-R-D, and I'm on Instagram at Bairdo37. By the time Expo 67 and the Canadian Centennial had ended, it was 1968, and Canada was looking a bit different. Over the previous five years, since the Liberals had come back into power, the country had a new flag, universal health care, the Canada Pension Plan, Canadian student loans, and more. The country of 1968 was very different from the country of 1963. Both of the main parties also had new leaders. At the helm of the Progressive Conservatives was Robert Stanfield, who had replaced John Diefenbaker the previous year. And while the party had done better in 1965, Many felt that Diefenbaker was no longer the right man to lead the party. In 1965, 33% of the country said they would vote Progressive Conservative, but by 1967, that number had fallen to 24%. The ousting of Diefenbaker had left the party ruptured, and it was hoping to rebuild and once again lead Canada. Bringing in Stanfield helped the party rise in opinions in Canada with nearly 40% stating they would vote for the Progressive Conservatives. What the party could not have counted on was the person who would suddenly come out of nowhere to lead the Liberals. Leading the Liberals was a new man, Pierre Elliott Trudeau. Trudeau had only come to Parliament in 1965 and was unknown until he was appointed to Cabinet by Lester Pearson. Pearson had announced in December of 1967 that he was leaving as leader of the party, and the government nearly fell in February 1968 before a leadership convention could take place. As it turned out, the government would not dissolve at that point, but it was now apparent that whoever the new leader was going to be, they would need to call an immediate election. Trudeau would be the surprise winner of the leadership convention, defeating Paul Martin Sr. and others to become not only Prime Minister but leader of the party. Pearson would write in his memoirs, quote, Trudeau created an immediate and exciting impression. He was the man to match the times, the new image of a new era, his non-involvement in politics became his greatest asset, along with his personal appeal, his charisma. End quote. The interest in Trudeau was shown in a survey that found 17 million Canadians, 85% of Canadians, watched at least part of the final day of the leadership convention. Trudeau was unlike any Prime Minister Canada has had before, or really, since. He was intellectual, handsome, single, fluently bilingual, and highly charismatic. With the election call, Trudeau quickly became the talk of the nation, and Trudeau mania erupted around him. Wherever he appeared in public, he was greeted by screaming women and young people who saw him as a fresh face for politics. He would be seen diving into swimming pools, driving his Mercedes convertible around town, being kissed by women, 
and it was a sign to many that politics could be fun. I think that the people I know who know him uh, don't really know him that well. He clearly has indicated he wants time to himself to, uh, to read and to, and to relax and to store up his energy for this. He turns on very quickly. Oh, I think he, he does enjoy it. I really don't understand him. He's probably way above my head. His brain level is it's probably so far above me. This is it. It just passes right over me like a wave, you see. But what I want to do is talk to him, and I don't see that I can have the chance. He's so, so busy. Oh. And yet, I would do anything for the chance, Francis. She does. Yes. May I talk to you for a few minutes, please? Yes, go ahead. Oh. <laughs> you mean up in my room? <laughs> I didn't anywhere, anywhere for a few minutes. Just talk to you. Do you have the time? I know you're very, very busy. I'm afraid he doesn't. We have to go at 6 o'clock. I know, I heard that. And, you know, I'm just praying. Sure. Thank you very much, Amanda. Sir. Thank you. Okay. But if we want to live in peace, if we want to live in prosperity, if we want to seek the solutions to some of these problems, we must find the avenues of reason, of discussion, of dialogue, which will permit us together to find these solutions. One's fear is that it would really go to his head, that, he, that uh, the adoration and the uh the godlike way in which he's trusted, in which he's treated by people, which could be potentially dangerous. On the other hand, uh, all his writings and all his all his uh, his past behaviour, as far as I can see, uh, suggests that he, he sort of instinctively counteract against it. We don't know why the people react the way they do, but there's no doubt that they do react. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls. Boys and girls. <laughs> Percy Smith, liberal candidate. Mr. Chairman, distinguished platform guest. Mr. Principal and Mr. Chairman and students. Mr. Mayor, liberal candidate. Ladies and gentlemen. I am untested. I suppose I'm untested in the sense that I've never been prime minister before. But many people have become prime ministers who've never been prime minister before. From his victory in the Liberal Leadership Convention in 1968 to his retirement in 1984, Trudeau would dominate Canadian politics. In a national election study using a 100-point thermometer to measure popularity, Trudeau measured 68 the highest for a political leader in Canada before or since. The outpouring of support for Trudeau would lead the Liberals to create a youth wing for the party called Action Trudeau. At the time, Canada had 9.8 million people under the age of 25 out of a population of 20 million. Of those, 1.4 million were old enough to vote. At the time, young people accounted for 12.5% of all 11.2 million eligible voters. The new Democratic Party was still led by Tommy Douglas, which would campaign on the slogan of, You win with the NDP. Douglas would campaign on affordable housing, higher pensions for the elderly, lower prescription drug prices, and a reduced cost of living. 
Overall, there seemed to be much more interest in politics in 1968 than in previous years. In a Liberal nominating committee in Minnedosa, Manitoba, 1,200 voting delegates and 600 spectators came out. In Peel, Ontario, 1,500 Conservatives came out to choose a candidate. In another Liberal nominating meeting, 3,000 came out. Membership of the Davenport Liberal Association saw its own membership go from 200 to 5,455. In Alberta, where only two Liberals have been elected since 1957, membership in the Liberal Party was growing by 400 per day, while the Conservatives enrolled 20,000 between April and July. The Conservatives ran on the platform of a One Country, One Canada, which was meant to contrast with the Liberal campaign and the Trudeau belief of Canada being one country with two nations within it. The Blue Book policy platform included 56 election promises, including a National Pollution Abatement Code, a reorganization of the Indian Affairs Department, and a focus on social welfare. The Liberals campaigned essentially on the strength of the personality of Trudeau. Campaign posters featured the picture of Trudeau with the words, Come Work With Me, written. The campaign was on the concept of creating a just society. Their Red Book policy platform also included implementing multiculturalism, bilingualism, a charter of rights, and a reorganization of government departments. Bilingualism would be a major component of the election, which earned Trudeau a standing ovation in Sherbrooke, Quebec, while on the campaign trail on May 28th. Trudeau would promise to have official status for French and English on all matters at the federal level, an establishment of bilingual districts, publication in both French and English on all government documents, and more. During that same rally, a man held a sign that stated, Thank you, Trudeau, I am homosexual, referring to the decriminalization of homosexuality by Trudeau when he was Justice Minister. Trudeau would respond, quote, There is a man with a sign saying he is homosexual. That's a backward and reactionary mind. Not because he's homosexual. That's not our business. You don't have to tell us you are homosexual. We have no business in your bedroom. It is your privilege. End quote. Stanfield and the Progressive Conservatives would campaign against creating two nations within Canada, stating that the essential powers of the federal government had to be maintained. There was talk of a guaranteed income which Stanfield stated he was in favour of, stating, quote, The larger concepts we have to concern ourselves with is the realisation of the goal that every Canadian, whether or not he is a member of the labour force, must have available to him a minimum level of income, end quote. Trudeau, in contrast, stated that the idea of a guaranteed minimum income was theoretically attractive, but too simple, too broad, and too blunt an instrument to deal with the complex problems of poverty and economic disadvantage. Stanfield, or at least the Progressive Conservatives, would also attempt to replicate the hysteria around Trudeau. At one campaign stop in Brantford, Ontario, Stanfield walked through hundreds of excited children who were let out an extra hour at lunchtime to see the Conservative leader. Stanfield appeared to be a mixture of dismay and pleasure as he struggled to get to the podium. He then asked for silence, then shouted for it, and then gave up and left within minutes. This would be the first election in Canadian history to also have a leadership debate, which was held on June 9, 1968. It came only three days after Robert Kennedy had been assassinated, and most considered the entire debate to be boring and inconclusive. The debate featured 18 questions over the course of two hours, with the party leaders answering each one. Well, now, incidentally, these earpieces, which you'll be seeing through the debate, are for the translation. And if there are any brief pauses as we go along, it's because we're waiting for the finish of the translation. Well, now for the debate. And gentlemen, I hope you'll have at each other. The questions will be put by our panel of broadcast journalists. 
Mr. Trudeau, if this debate had been held last week, this question probably wouldn't have been asked. But this week, we've been made aware in the ugliest possible way that this is the violent society we live in. In view of the increasing violence in North America, are you prepared to require the fingerprinting and stringent licensing of all owners of all firearms? I don't think that this would effectively prevent the illegal use of firearms. People who use firearms in an illegal way are very hard to control. We have introduced uh, amendments to the criminal code, which we hope will permit to at least control those firearms, which are the dangerous ones, those which can be concealed, handguns, sawed-off shotguns, and other dangerous forms of automatic weapons. Uh, demand legally the fingerprinting of all users of all arms, which would include hunting guns and many other types of, of uh, sporting weapons. Mr. Stanfield? Uh, I don't believe that we should resort to uh, fingerprinting necessarily because I don't think it's possible to prevent uh, all assassinations of this sort. For example, I was sitting behind the Prime Minister this afternoon in church and uh, could quite easily have done him in, and nobody could possibly have stopped me if I'd suddenly gone off my, uh, off my rocker. I'm interested in doing him in some other way, but not that, not that way. But it may be that we should consider uh, going further than, than we have uh, in connection with, with weapons, not merely those that are possibly concealed, but uh, taking some measures to, to see that the permits are not held by psychotics or by... Uh, people of this sort. Peter Newman would write after, quote, Nobody won it, but the audience lost, end quote. Of the leaders of the debate, 40% of viewers stated Tommy Douglas had won it and made the best impression, while Trudeau scored 27%. But only 5% stated the debate changed their mind of who to vote for. The irony is that initially, Douglas was not invited to the debate when it was first planned. The effort to get that first debate put together was not an easy one, with Trudeau stating all parties should be part of it, stating, quote, I'd be prepared to talk with Mr. Stanfield alone or with others if they prefer, but I want it to be fair and satisfactory for all parties, end quote. In the end, the debate was moved from CTV to CBC, and it would go on as planned. The shooting of Robert Kennedy would also have implications on the campaign trail as well. Trudeau was put under police guard for the remainder of the campaign. Overall, most pundits would see this not as an election of issues, but on personality. McLean's would write on June 1st, 1968, quote, Not on what the aspirants say they will do, but on his own appraisal of what kind of men they are. End quote. Trudeau would officially begin his campaign on May 18th in Toronto, and almost immediately he was swarmed by people. The Ottawa Journal would report, quote, the jumpers, the squealers, the swooners, and the grabbers were on hand as the Prime Minister took off on foot through a shopping centre and down busy streets. End quote. One girl, Roxanne Hollingworth, stated that she kissed Trudeau three times as the crowd swarmed around him. In all, 1,500 people jammed together around Trudeau before he was whisked away to another campaign stop. This election would also see a redistribution of seats in some of the provinces. The 1966 census had found that Alberta had 50% more population than Saskatchewan, but they had the same number of seats. As such, Saskatchewan would lose four seats in the redistribution, and it would be the first time that an election in Canadian history had fewer seats total compared to the previous election, 264 to 265. 
A week before the election, there was a scary incident for Douglas Irwin, the Liberal candidate in Red Deer, Alberta. It was on June 17th when someone fired gunshots through the windows of his station wagon while he was on a rural road. The incident came eight days after he received a message that told him to quit the election or he would be sorry. Three days before the shooting, a man also called him and asked why he didn't quit. Lester Pearson would also take to the campaign trail during the election, visiting places such as Sault Ste. Marie where huge crowds came to greet him, showing his popularity was still strong after retiring from politics. On June 22nd, five separatist demonstrators went to a Montreal rally for Trudeau and started to scuffle with others and yelled that Trudeau was a traitor. Trudeau, who had just come from a rally of 25,000 people, stated that the separatists had a right to their ideas, but did not have a right to hinder other French Canadians who want to have a say in what goes on in Canada. On June 24, 1968, one day before the election, Trudeau attended the Saint-Jean-Baptiste Day Parade in Montreal. While there, Quebec sovereignists threw rocks and bottles at the grandstand where Trudeau was sitting, shouting, Trudeau to the stake. Trudeau rejected pleas to take cover and instead sat in his seat facing the rioters without showing any fear. The image of the Prime Minister sitting defiantly amid protesters would greatly impress the public and likely played a large role in his election the next day. In the June 25, 1968 election, the Liberals gained 27 seats to finish with 155, winning a majority government for the first time since the early 1950s. The Conservatives with their new leader sank and lost 22 seats to finish with 72, but they would remain the official opposition. The new Democratic Party under Tommy Douglas would lose no seats, but Douglas would lose his seat in what would turn out to be his last federal election as leader of the party. The Liberals would take the majority of the seats in British Columbia and dominated in Ontario and Quebec. In Ontario, they won 63 seats to the 17 won by the Progressive Conservatives. In Quebec, where the province once again had a francophone leader to go behind, the Liberals won 56 seats, leaving the Progressive Conservatives with only four. The Progressive Conservatives took 15 seats to the Liberal four in Alberta and 10 seats in Nova Scotia to the one won by the Liberals. Trudeau would say of the election win, quote, On the whole, it has been a good election, fought vigorously and fairly. Stanfield expressed his disappointment in the loss, stating, quote, It now appears that Mr. Trudeau has received a mandate which he sought. On behalf of the Progressive Conservative Party, and without any reservation at all, I congratulate him and I wish him and his colleagues success in the discharge of their serious responsibilities and in realizing the very high expectations that Canadians hold of him tonight. End quote. John Diefenbaker, who this time only campaigned in his area of Prince Albert, would say of the defeat, quote, My heart goes out to Mr. Stanfield and the outstanding Conservatives who suffered defeat. I know what defeat is. I know victory too. From this moment on, let us in this party do our part to rebuild. The word is unity. End quote. I hope you enjoyed that episode and my look at the 1968 election. Once again, I'm putting these out every single day for 36 days, and it's a lot of work. So any support, any sharing on social media you can give me, I will truly appreciate it. Tomorrow, I'm looking at the 1972 election. If you like, you can email me at craig at canadaehx.com. You can find me on Twitter. My handle is Craig Baird, C-R-A-I-G-B-A-I-R-D, and I'm on Instagram at Bairdo37. Again, if you like, you can support the podcast through Patreon. Just go to patreon.com slash CanadaEHX. 
You can support the podcast for as little as $3 a month. You can also donate to the podcast by going to CanadaEHX.com and clicking Donate. And I'd like to say thank you to all of my wonderful patrons, and if I mispronounce any names, I do apologize. Steve Pakin, Matthew Gartho, Lionel Romaine, Dr. Bob Turner, an anonymous patron that I truly do appreciate, Doug Campbell, Reg W., Deborah Carlson, Francis Helbling, Nick Zinri, Shannon Marshall, Clinton Martinez, Dimitri Chauve, Aaron O'Hara Myers, Robert Dunseith, Todd Casey, Catherine Rois, Luke Guess, J.P. Bear, Jason Hall, Phil Maynard, and Iris Gray. Information from Dynasties and Interludes, Wikipedia, Maclean's Biography, Ottawa Citizen, Ottawa Journal, and the Montreal Gazette. Thanks. We'll see you again next time. Hi, it's Shauna, and I might be a bad parent because my kids think french fries are vegetables. Hey, it's Ryan, and I might be a bad parent because I went out for wings when my wife was in the hospital after giving birth. Johnny here. I might be a bad parent because in my house, the tooth fairy gives pocket change. But we're not alone. Len emailed us and said his six-year-old daughter's Tarzan moment going from love seat to lazy boy by curtains made him more proud than any dance (laughs) recital. (laughs) And Andy left his two-year-old at the rink. All right, guys, I'm sure we're not alone, like Andy's kid. For stories and confessions like this, make sure you check out our podcast. It's called Bad Parents, and it's available wherever you get your podcasts. I left a glove at the rink.